Praise the Lord and good day to you. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here in the studio. It's an online Bible class. I hope you'd get your Bibles, your pencil, and your paper and get ready to take down some things today that's really going to be a great encouragement to those who have ears to hear what the Lord is saying to His people in these last days. Uh, we are doing a Bible study every Friday morning on Bible faith in light of the cross and we've learned over the last 16, 17 years in our ministry here to look at everything through what Jesus did on the cross because there's where the righteousness of God was declared and we find that in Romans 3 at 25 through 27 says it twice that the righteousness of God was declared from Calvary through faith in the blood and we know that all of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and uh, that his, his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. So that lets us know that we have to look at everything, not just because we're saved by the blood, but we have to look at all the words that God has ever spoken, that Jesus said that's what we live by, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but it must be seen through faith in the cross of Christ, not anything else, because the life that we find is in the blood. The life is in the blood. The life of this natural body is, is found because of the blood flowing through it. The spiritual life that's found only in Christ, is only found in Christ through faith in His shed blood. Not because I'd have, but my faith now, faith is. Now, faith is. So again, today, my faith must be in the provision of God's Son at Calvary. And, and, and when I keep that faith, then I will experience the Lord's will, His purpose for my life, which is a perfect will, a perfect work, uh, and a perfect purpose of the Lord's. And so we're going to see some things today, some, some, something very dynamic and special to me that I just learn along the way, just as you do. Uh, but today we're going to see in the Scriptures, if you want to go ahead and be turning to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, we're going to see in the Word of God today how that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that became the Lamb of God to do the finished and perfect and complete work there at Calvary, He Himself is my shield of faith. He is my portion of faith. And I, I, we're going to see that without faith in Christ and His work at the cross, then, then I'm really not having the effect of Christ in my life that I might think I am. And that this is why there's so much world in the church, so much compromise in the church today, because really the church doesn't Understand sound doctrine. Uh, all sound doctrine must be tied to and seen in and through that form of doctrine that freed us from sin and made us servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6. Without that form of doctrine involved in all the doctrines of the Bible, then it will not be that which is 
uh, allowing us to be sober-minded, allowing us to find the benefits of Christ, to be profited by Him, affected by Him. And as you well, if you listen to me very long, you will hear me constantly referring to what the Apostle Paul wrote the church in Galatia, that they'd fallen from grace and, and that Christ was no longer able to profit them or even to have an effect on them. That is very scary to me. And today, we're going to look at this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, and this is Bible faith in light of the cross, part 13, on this 16th day of July 20. And 21. And let me add before we get too far this morning that uh, Robin and I will be traveling tomorrow up to Greenwood, Mississippi uh, to be with Pastors Wayne and Debbie Voss at the great uh, and, and one of the few determined congregations today in our nation to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. It's a, it's a home away from home for us. We've been friends for so long, preaching the same message for so long, the same message that Paul the Apostle preached, and we're just thankful to be able to go and to share the Word of the Lord and to have great fellowship with the people there in that church that the Lord has raised up and is calling all in that region to come and be a part of and I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, that'll be Sunday morning that we're there with them. If you live anywhere near that area of Greenwood, Mississippi, I look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. Hallelujah. So Ephesians 6 and 16, the Bible says, above all, you might as well help me with that this morning, above everything, above all things, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. There is nothing other than the shield of faith by which the fiery darts of the enemy can be quenched. This is not one of a few things, one of two things. One, this is one of one thing. This is why the Bible says, above all, taking the shield of faith. That is the defense of faith, the protection of faith, the separation that faith, faith brings from the world, from the hazards, from the oppression, from the depression, from, from everything the enemy would throw at you as a fiery dart to sting your life in any capacity. Take the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith simply means again today you're taking Christ <laughs> as your Savior, as your Lord, not just in some mental capacity, but you're taking Him as the one who has surrounded you. You're, you're taking Him as the one who is your shield of faith. You won't be able to get around this, my friend. Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross by grace through faith is the only avenue through which you and I can take the shield of faith, that, that, which, that which shields us from the fiery darts of the enemy. And we know <coughs> that nothing I do can stop any fiery dart from the enemy from coming at me, from striking me, and from causing uh, me to be stolen from and destruction to come to my life. I can't do anything to stop it. 
<coughs> excuse me, I can't just begin to declare like so many do that the devil, you can't have anything to do with me. You're not going to touch me. He will clap his hands and shout right along beside you and rob you until you're dead, my friend, while you're telling him what he can't do. But if you'll learn what it means to take the shield of faith, hallelujah, to take the one who has given his life for you by faith and crushed the devil's authority, took, crushed his head at Calvary, took the power of death away from the devil, Hebrews 2 and 14, in his death. You need to understand that. So simply put, taking the shield of faith is keeping the faith in Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Listen, this is so important. Keeping the faith you were dealt. Keeping the faith you obtained. You need to write these scriptures down. Romans 12, 3 speaks of God having dealt to us the measure, which is portion, we'll get to that in a minute, of faith. You, you've got to keep it's not keeping some other faith. And so many today called Christians uh, think they're keeping uh, the faith. By, they're keeping something. The only faith we can keep is the faith we obtained. You need to, we obtained this like precious measure of faith, 2 Peter 1 and 1, through the righteousness of God. That means what Jesus did at Calvary. Remember the righteousness of God was declared from Calvary, only offered to men through their faith in Calvary, what he did in his death for our sin situation, that we might become the righteousness of God <coughs> in Christ Jesus. It's only offered through Calvary. And we need to remember that taking the shield of faith, Christ is my shield. I'm, go I'm going to show you some powerful scriptures. I pray this morning the Holy Spirit would, would, would tie these things together in your heart into a, a wonderful knot that can't ever be loosened. I pray that He would write these things on the tablets of our hearts, our minds. Now, that's a part of the new covenant. I want you to know that the Lord would write His words, His laws on our minds. He would put them in our hearts and write them on our minds. Now, now I I'm under the belief that he's not going to be able to write anything on our minds that he's not able to teach us to walk in, to follow him in, to follow the leading of the Spirit as he guides us into more truth. And I believe in that process is him writing those things on our minds. I don't believe it's any other avenue. I believe he writes them in our minds, on our minds, as He's able to guide us in them. And then we're experiencing the truth of who Christ is and what He did at Calvary. Christ is the one who is our shield. When we see Paul the Apostle telling the church in Ephesus, and you and me, to take the shield of faith above all things. Take the shield of faith. 
You've got to take the shield that Christ is to you. Because the faith we've been given was, was measured, we'll get to that in a moment, out of the faith of Jesus Christ. But first, to, to show us in the Word, I pray the Holy Spirit show it to us today. I hope you have your Bibles and you're looking with your eye bubs on the Word of God. Look in Psalms 28 and verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord is my shield. Uh, the, the shield uh, of the Lord, the, the shield of faith, the shield that the Lord is to me means He's my protector, He's my defense. He's the one who separates me from the harm that's in this world by separating me from the world. That's why the Holy Spirit told Paul the Apostle in Galatians 6 and 14, God forbids that you boast in anything other than Christ and Him crucified, for there you were separated from the world. There the world was separated from you. There you find your defense against the world. There you find your protection from the world. There you find that secret place that the world doesn't understand. They'll be angry about it, but they won't understand. There and only faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It is the hidden place. It is the secret place. The secret of the Lord. Psalms 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that Fear Him, and to them He shows His covenant. The covenant is in the blood. The new covenant, Jesus said, is in His blood. That's the hiding place, my friend. That's the, that's the shield. That's, the, the, that's, that, that's what makes Christ the shield to us, him, 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 him a defense unto us. Let's read this again. Psalm 28 and verse 7, The Lord is my... Strength and my shield. Who is? The Lord is my shield and my strength. My heart trusts in Him and I'm helped. How about that? Those that learn the great <laughs> mystery of the cross and how it's not only that which saved you initially and declared you initially uh, at the born again experience righteous before God, but it's also the only avenue through which our faith is legitimate today. It's the only object through which we can bear the fruits of the righteousness that we have become in Christ Jesus. He says, and I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise Him. Hallelujah. Those who learn the secret of the Lord, those who follow Christ, the leading of His Spirit in this old world, <clears throat> are going to find a place of rejoicing as they learn just how much of a defense He is, a, a protection that He is, uh, uh, this, this uh, defense that Christ is. The Lord is my shield. Take the shield of faith. Take the shield of what Christ did by faith, by grace through faith on the cross because it's His faith we live by. Paul said it in Galatians 2.20, The life I live now in this flesh, I live by the, the faith of the Son of God. And we know it's talking about the faith of the Son of God because it tells what he did in that one verse, Galatians 2.20, by faith. He loved me by faith. He 
gave himself for me by faith, by grace through faith. He tasted death for every man, Hebrews 2 and 9. Hallelujah. I really encourage you to write down Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 and write down Galatians 2 and 20 and you'll find there that Christ was tasting death by the grace of God through faith. And, and, and we'll see that those things can only be applied to our lives initially or daily through our trusting in that work. There and there alone does the shield of faith work. It doesn't work through any other avenue. We need to remember that. Another verse is Psalms 119 verse 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. Who is? The Lord. He is our hiding place. He's our shield. I hope in thy word. Now notice the first verse we read, Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Now this verse, Psalms 119, 114 says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. I trust in thee. I hope in thy word. That's one and the same thing. We're not really... Our hope is not in the Lord unless we're trusting in his word. And it's not really as it should be unless our faith is anchored in Christ in his work at Calvary. Because that's the only avenue of really hoping in Him and trusting in Him. Everything else is really a vain imagination. And if I'm living in vain imagination instead of the reality of what the cross did for me for every day of my life, then I'm not going to understand the Word of God or I'm going to listen to it taught to me outside the context it was written and then I'm going to be a miserable person not understanding or taking to my own imaginations uh, you know, uh, how, I, how I feel uh, on certain days because that will determine what I see in the Word. No, no, no. When we all look to Calvary, we'll all see the same great and mighty things God has provided us through the one avenue that He's provided it. And therefore we can be mindful of the same things. And therefore, we can be in the unity of the faith of the Son of God. And therefore, we can be found speaking the same things. Hallelujah. Are you, are you okay today? Or do you love the truth? If you don't, you might as well go watch Andy Griffith or turn your movie on in this old world. If you love the truth, then you're going to love this session today because this is the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus did at Calvary. And that is the anchor of our soul. Not just Jesus, but Jesus, who He is as the Son of God and what He came to do as the Lamb of God at Calvary. Outside of that, it's all vain and make-believe and, and, and most of what's called the church today will get angry about uh, things such as this when comments like that are made. And the reason uh, uh, Christians get angry when scriptures are, are showing us the one and only exclusive, very narrow way of approach to God of, bear, of salvation and bearing the fruit of the Lord uh, is because it, it causes us to have to stop and either admit 
we've been going the wrong way, listening to the wrong thing, believing the wrong way, and get real and repent and turn and go the other way, or we're just going to get angry and keep on pretending. See, sound doctrine shows up on the doorstep to, to, to help us understand you've been pretending. Think about the church in Sardis that we've been ministering on the last three Wednesday nights. They thought they had a name that they were alive, but Jesus comes along and His thinking, He says, I think, I see your works. They're not perfect before God. You're dead. So it doesn't matter what we think. It matters, are we living according to what God thinks and what God thinks is written on the pages of the Bible? That's not what the, that's not what the church wants to hear today. When sound doctrine is presented, they get angry because it lets them know most of the church today is just living on pretense and pretending and, 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 and they're not contending for the faith because they're not keeping the faith. You have to be keeping the faith to be found contending for the faith. And when you start learning what the faith really is and how you can keep the faith, then you'll find a place of contending for the faith, not just some faith. Because with the Lord there's only one faith and that's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Let's read again another verse, Psalms 144 verses 1 and 2. Now we're talking about the shield, the Lord being my shield. Not because I say he is, but because my heart is trusting and hoping in Him and what He did to give me the reality and the grounds and the foundation, a place to believe upon Him. Not some building with a candle going in a, in a statue. The cross of Christ. He's giving me an object, a location where I can place my trust in Him, the same place that I was immersed into Him, Romans 6.3, His death. That is the perfect work being finished, completed, and there I'm placed as I trust in His righteousness, believing upon His righteousness from my heart. Get that today. And there I can trust in Him. There through faith in what He's done there for me, I can find my hope in Him, secure. My hope and my trust in Him is only as secure as my faith is in His secure and finished and perfect work at Calvary is. You need to understand that. Is that where my faith really is? If it is, and I'm learning to <laughs> to keep the faith, that means it's only in one object, Christ, and Him crucified, that which He did by faith. Anything we have flows to us through His work at Calvary. Not so we can just go do anything or believe anything, but so what we've been given through His death will always, through our believing under that work of righteousness, we will be identified with Him and His work at Calvary. That's what makes us the people of God that we are. We're all homeless here in this world. We're homeless. This is not our home. We're homeless. And we need to learn that the Lord is my shield. Watch Psalms 144 verses 1 and 2. Blessed be the Lord my strength. Is He your strength today? 
Do you just say He is or are you learning how the Holy Spirit can apply that truth to your heart where Christ can literally affect you today, can profit you with the benefits He died to make sure He can load you with each day of your life. Come on, I hope you're being encouraged. If, if you're getting angry uh, you know, because somebody told you you've been pretending, pretending, and that's why you're on the mountain one day and flopping around in the dirt in the valley the next day, you need to be able to run this course, this race that's been set before you, uh, not to get victory, but because you already are victorious in Christ Jesus. You know that Christianity is not a roller coaster ride. It doesn't need to be. We can just walk with Christ. We can just follow the leading of His Spirit. Yes, we're going to have mountaintops and we're going to have valley experiences, but it needs to be the Lord leading us through them, not our oppression and, and fear of man and all these confused things in the world. The Lord needs to be the one leading us up on the mountain and then down through the valley, even through the fires, hallelujah, because if it's Him leading us, He's going to be the one that guides us through it, hallelujah. The good news is even if I put my own self in a fire or on some prideful mountain or in some valley of despair because of my confusion, my fear of men or whatever, if I'll call on the name of the Lord, hallelujah, His name is Jesus, He will come and get me and He will become my strength right there in my situation and I can begin to follow him out of that situation. We need to understand it. Let me make a comment this morning <coughs> about repentance. The Lord reminds me of it so I will share it with you. The reason so many today aren't finding the power of the Lord to forsake the sin that dominates their lives is because, and this may sound harsh and mean and ugly, but, but it's not. It's scriptural. Uh, when we confess our sins, we should find the power of the Lord to forsake our sins. Now, it may not just be at the snap of a finger, and a lot of times it's not, but we should have the power to be turning and walking away from that which has dominated us, that which has controlled our lives and stolen from us. That's what sin does. The reason we cry over our sins, we ask God to forgive us of our sins, and God is faithful to forgive us. But the reason we wake up the next day and continue in that sin is because really repentance is only given to those who were acknowledging the truth. Esau couldn't find repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears because Esau wanted something other than, than what the promise of the Redeemer, which has to be the focus of repentance... There is no such thing as repentance of the Lord without faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. For that's the only ground, that, the only focus, the only vision, the only object God has offered all of humanity to be able to admit they're a sinner and turn and follow Christ. That's repentance. And, and, and a lot of folks are not receiving repentance. And who are they? Well... Those who confess and confess and confess but never forsake or forsake or forsake. They're trapped. Why? The Lord gives repentance, hear me, 
to those who acknowledge the truth. I'm not talking about, yeah, you know I believe all that. I'm talking about from the heart. We collapse in the heart. God sees who trembles at His word. God sees who those are that fear Him in the proper way. Those, those who want what He wants. Not, not just those that come to Him because they don't like their situation or they're not getting what they want around here. Those that come to Him, they're, they're broken hearted because they're not living in a manner that pleases Him. He shows them His Son and His Son's work which is the truth that liberates. There is no other place to be liberated. Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. So there's a lot of talk about repentance today. God only gives repentance to those who acknowledge from the heart the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 24 through 26. Write it down, look at it later. Uh, repentance is not just tears and crying out, I'm sorry. The fullness of repentance is, is God forgiving you, you looking at the grounds through which He's able to forgive you. <laughs> that what His Son did at Calvary, accepting that, be, be identifying with that, that Christ died for me so I could be forgiven. And I died with Him. He represented me so perfectly there as the last Adam, the last representative man on the cross. He tasted death for all men. That means me. I believe I died with Him. I was crucified with Him. And now I can not only be forgiven, but the new creation in Christ. I was buried with Him, raised to newness of life with Him. And now I can find that true refreshing, that repentance brings and the turnaround and the going the other direction. What direction? The following of Christ and becoming His disciple, His follower, learning to love and learning to forgive and learning to allow the Holy Spirit to change me, to guide me, and learning that He is my shield. He alone is my shield. Let's read this. Psalms 144 verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield. <laughs> my shield, my protector, my defense, my refuge. Hallelujah. And he in whom I trust, who subdues my people under me. Those scriptures I shared with you this morning from the book of Psalms concerning the Lord being our shield, all three of them mention our hope in him, our trust in him. So when we see the apostle Paul writing, saying, above all, take the shield of faith. That means our hope is in Him and what He did at Calvary. That's where He authored and perfected our faith. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, which means the one who completed, means the perfecter of our faith, our faith, this faith we've obtained, 2 Peter 1 and 1, this measure we, portion we've been dealt comes right out of the faith He died for us through. I hope you know that. It's not something different. We, and we'll see it in a moment from Scripture. But above all means our hope is still in Christ through what He did for me at Calvary. My trust is still in Christ through what He did for me at Calvary. And I have to say this because most don't know it. And most will probably hear it and still not believe it until they bring their hearts back to Calvary. That I'm not trusting in the Lord's Word if I'm not trusting in the Lord's work. If I'm not trusting in the Lord's finished and perfect work, then I don't have access to the Lord's faith that He authored and perfected for me. I hope you understand that. If I don't have faith in the Lord's finished and perfect work at Calvary, then I don't have a faith that I think I do even when I think my faith is in the Word of God. If my faith is in my speaking the Word or my faith is in something that I'm doing, they're telling me if I'll do these three things, I can find deliverance when the, the Lord says, He's my deliverer. And He's not going to use these programs and that's where the rub comes in. There are people... Christians today that really believe that God is going to use some programs which is nothing more than a golden calf and a mixture and leaven brought in and a distraction. God doesn't allow mixtures. Read Exodus 32. Moses comes down the mountain. There's an altar there, of course. Uh, oh yes, the cross, the cross, the cross. But what did they build right beside the altar? A golden calf. God says, no, there's only one way. There's not two. I don't allow two. Two means you're weak. Two means you're in spiritual adultery. Uh, two means you've gone a different way. Two means two objects of faith means that you're telling me what I offered you is really not enough. It really won't, really won't complete what you need to see done. And that's what our hearts tell God when we mix the purpose-driven life, the government of 12, the promise keepers, the, the, the road to Emmaus, the, the soaker rooms, the, all the things, the, the 40 days this, the, the, the 40 days that, all, all these things we do become golden calves. And there are Christians today who will fight you over these words just like there were 11 tribes and then part of even Levi that would, that would not come out when the Lord threw Moses, when he came down off that mountain and saw the altar and the gold, the, listen, the altar and the golden calf, that provo provoked the Lord to speak through Moses to say, who's on the Lord's side? I mean, who's still going to trust in the Lord? Who's still going to have their hope in the Lord? Because it can't happen with two objects of faith. That's a story to look at. It can't happen with two, even two objects of faith. Who's on the Lord's side? Think about that. A part of the tribe of Levi came out from among all the millions of people, however many it was. I don't know. I wasn't there. But there was a few million there. 
and a part of the tribe of Levi. The name Levi means joined to. And they, a part of that tribe, came out. And because of that, the Lord used them, chose them to be those that would be the keepers of the temple, the, the workers of the sacrifice, the, the, the closest thing, all above all things that pointed to a coming Redeemer. He chose the Levites, the very name Levi, joined to. I want you to think about this. When, 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 when the Lord brought His people uh, and it was time to go through jo th by Joshua into the promised land, the Lord spoke to Aaron and said, I'm not giving you a portion of the land among the other tribes. I'm your portion. <laughs> Numbers chapter 18, write it down, look at it later. Please don't go off. God's got some more to say to you today right here. You can look at that. Numbers 18, the Lord spoke to Aaron and said, I'm not giving you any land. I'm not giving the Levites any land. I'm your portion. Oh my goodness, hallelujah. Do you know that the Lord is our portion? Do you know that He's our treasure? He's our exceeding great reward? Do you know when the Lord spoke that to Aaron, that made Aaron and the, and the Levites, that made them the richest people ever having existed on the planet because the Lord Himself was their inheritance, their portion, their treasure. The Lord Himself, He, he, he said, listen, I'm giving everybody else allotments of land, but I am your land. I am your portion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to read that to you this morning so you'll know exactly where it's at. Numbers 18 verse 20. And the Lord spoke unto Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any part among them. I am your part. That means I am your portion. <laughs> the Lord is my portion. That means measure. That means God. while God was measuring out lands to give to the tri other tribes, God said, I am your measure. <laughs> I'm your portion. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I am your inheritance. <laughs> that makes us richer. That makes the child of God richer while everybody's fighting over lands and countries here that will all burn up and vanish one day and be gone. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself is our treasure and our exceeding great reward. Hallelujah. He says, watch this, and your inheritance, I am your part. That means portion. And your inheritance among the children of Israel. And now, as we talked about the Lord being our shield of faith, above all, taking the shield of faith, and we've learned now that we've seen in the Scriptures how that Christ and His work at Calvary is what makes Him my shield of faith, my defense, my protector, my keeper, the one who, that which Him and His work at Calvary is that which separated me from a world that I'm in and a world from me that I'm in. I'm, I'm homeless here. I'm a stranger passing through. But He's preparing a place for me and it's my home. Hallelujah. And for you and those of you who realize this is not your home, that Christ is... Hallelujah. Listen. He is the place. He is our home. He is our treasure and our inheritance, our portion. He, he is not just our shield of faith, 
but He is our portion of faith. And I'm going to read a few scriptures to you this morning as we first covered Christ and His cross as our shield of faith. Christ is our protector, our defense, but it's the cross. Not just because of the cross, but my faith today. My faith today. Me keeping the faith that I was Given, I was measured, given a portion of. We need, to, we need to think about these things. It is how you word it. It is how you see it. It is how you hear it, Jesus taught, that will depend on what He's able to add to your life or what He will basically, what He told the church in Sardis, what He'll end up robbing from them if they don't repent and watch and remember how they heard and received. Revelation chapter 3, and that's to the church of Sardis. Hear this now. The Lord is not only through His work at Calvary our shield of faith, but the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior is also our portion, our measure of faith. He Himself and His work. We're going to look at that in the Scriptures because we're looking at what Bible faith really is in light of the cross because the cross is what makes Bible faith, Bible faith. And outside of faith in the cross, we don't have a Bible faith. We have a faith that the world has. And if all we have is a faith that the world has, and every person does, saved or lost, if their faith is not anchored in Christ. We, we were given, we were dealt, we obtained the like precious measure, portion of Christ's faith. It had to be measured out of somewhere. If the life we live now is children of God is by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave Himself for me. That, that, that's telling us where that faith was measured out of, where it was portioned from. And we all, none of us have greater levels of faith. We're either strong or weak. All of us are either stronger or weaker in the faith based on how much we're trusting in the cross or how much we're all mixing faith in other things with our faith in the cross. Remember the guy in Romans chapter 14 who still, he was a child of God. He, he was, the Bible says he was in the faith, but he was weak in the faith because he was still trusting in his only eating of herbs. He thought that was getting him somewhere spiritually with the Lord. That any, any mixture with faith in the cross means that, 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 that the, the, you need to know this. The measure of faith we were dealt, the, the, uh, the, the shield of faith that we have received, this like precious faith we've obtained, it won't work in anything other than the avenue through which we obtained it and that is the righteousness of God. 2 Peter 1 and 1. We obtained this faith that we are to keep in the same object that allowed God to deal it to us. I hope you're seeing this today. Most don't want to hear this because it would cause them to have to give up. Oh, 
so many things that they've been taught. And, and, and the devil says, surely you've not been seduced that bad, but surely 99.9% of the church has been taught wrong. They're believing right now wrong, and they're headed a wrong direction. And the faith they're trying to apply to, to these other things, that, that measure of faith we were dealt will not work in any other object than the cross of Christ. It won't work in the purpose driven. The faith we've been dealt, Galatians 5 and 6, says works by love. And that's not us trying to love people and to get our faith cranked up and working. No, that's flesh. The faith that we live by, the faith that's Bible faith that works, Galatians 5, 6, says it works by love, through love, through the love by which Christ gave Himself for us. That love. Any, any other love in the world, even when we're trying to uh, love people but yet give up our stance on the truth for the sake of love, is not biblical faith or biblical love. We have to keep the faith, and if we are, we're contending for the faith, contending for it. That means sharing it as it is written. For the word preached, Paul said, is the faith. The word that we preach is the word of faith. The word we preach by faith in Christ and His sacrifice alone that offers the faith God wants you to have and to keep and the only faith that He will be found working in and through. I hope you're getting that. Watch this now. Uh, back to the book of Psalms to confirm even further, to lay even a greater groundwork here that Christ and what He did as the Lamb of God is what allows Him to be our portion, our measure. Watch. Psalm 73:26 My flesh and my heart fails but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever my measure that's what portion means. A portion is a, por a bottle of water here. If I were to pour a little bit, I call a little bit, God calls a portion or a measure in your cup, you'd have something to drink. It's a measure. It's a, it's a portion. Look, let's read it again. My flesh and my heart fails. Can you attest to that? Have you had moments where your flesh and your Heart seems to fail, but God, we see, is the strength of my heart and my portion, my measure forever. Just like he told Aaron, I'm not giving you any land. That's the word of God right now to everybody hearing me. God's not giving you land in this world as an inheritance. You may have 10 acres, 50, 1,000 acres, but you're not keeping that. The only thing God's given you to keep mm, is the faith. Hallelujah. That's all God's guaranteed that if you keep, you'll make the finish line. Thank God for the wonderful material blessings in this world that He has bestowed upon us. But the only thing He's given us to keep that we will keep forever, not forever, but until we're with Him, is the faith. 
because we won't need faith after that. Our hope, that will have been fulfilled completely. Think about it. Psalms 119 verse 57. You are my portion, O Lord. You are my portion. I'm not looking for the portion you're offering me. You are my portion. Again, the Lord told Aaron, I'm not giving you any land among the, 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 the land of the promise that I've offered Israel. I am your portion. That's the word to Christians today. The Lord is our portion. We need to learn to be rejoicing with that statement. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. Here it is. I, would, I have said that I would keep thy words. You see, that allows us to know just how much we believe he is our portion through just how much we trust, have faith in, that's the same thing, his words concerning us. Because see, faith is what we have because of what we're told God has done for us in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. We believe that message. God dealt to us the portion of that faith, the measure of that faith. And that, because He is our portion, our measure of faith, that has allowed us now to do something we couldn't do before. By His Spirit, by grace, through faith, we're found keeping his words. <laughs> Hallelujah. As He in the new covenant puts His word in our hearts and writes them on our minds. Hallelujah. The next verse, there's a couple more. Psalms 142 verse 5. I cried unto you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. There's another scripture that David wrote that said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the, land, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He did not say, I would have fainted if I had not seen the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. No, no, no. What, what allows us to take the shield of faith above all is to see really what David said, I would have fainted, but I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, anything, every time you see the word faith, taking the shield of faith, the defense and the protection of faith, to be able to now quench every fiery dart of the devil means you are now again taking the Lord and what He did at Calvary as your shield and protection because there is where through faith in what He did that was hidden to all humanity. That's the hiding place for us. The refuge for us. That's what allows us to be in Christ, hidden in God, the secret place that the Lord wants so much to reveal to His people today. The secret of the Lord 
is for those who fear Him. He gives, he, he rather, He shows them His covenant. We need to think about these things. I cried unto thee, O Lord. Psalms 142.5 I said, you are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Have you come to the conclusion, Christian, that the Lord is your portion? He's your everything? You say, well, I'm growing in that. Are you? Or are we just saying we are? Because we'll know we're growing when certain things are lost and, and the Holy Spirit reminds us, listen, Christ is our everything. And if Christ is seen as our portion and our inheritance and our treasure, then those things that we lose in this world will make little difference. If Christ is my everything, then why do I make such a throw a big hissy fit when I lose certain things in this life? I know it hurts. I'm, I'm not being unreal. I, I know things hurt when we have a loss of things. But the greater that we understand the treasure, the portion, the shield that Christ is to us through our faith in His work of death at Calvary that allows us to be hidden there in that place of refuge with Him, then we begin to see as the Apostle Paul said, that I'm willing to count everything dung, dung, for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. The knowledge of Christ that excels me more into a, a place not above people, but of greater trust and knowledge of my Lord that allows me to see that whatever I'm losing in this life can't compare to what I have in Him. He is my shield of faith. He is my measure of faith. Christ, all things are for Him, from Him, of Him, and will be again to Him. The last scripture I have here concerning this is Lamentations chapter 3 verse 24. The Lord is my portion. I'm not looking for the portion He's trying to get to me. I found Him. I found Him. He found me. And when He found me, I found Him. And He alone is my portion. In Him I am complete. In Him I find the treasure and beyond of a lifetime. More than I deserve. More than I can imagine. More than I will ever understand in Christ. Oh, that God's people would come back and never leave again the study of what it means to be in Christ and, and what we have in Christ. And, and just everything is all wrapped up in Christ. All the names of God, all the provision of God, all the purposes of God are all found in Christ who is our measure, our portion, our shield, our rock and everything unto us that we would desire to know Him more today than ever before and that we would find the confidence and, and, and the boldness to, to be able to, to hear to, when we hear the Lord showing us where we need to get up and get out from like Abraham had to and, and so many others along the way that we would find ourselves also longing to be found following Him 
in the company of those others who fear the Lord, who are seeing more and more of His covenant. That's what He's showing us, His covenant. Planted in a house of the Lord where He plants you. Not where your mama planted you, but where He plants you, there will be flourishing in the courts of your God. Psalm 92. Watch now again Lamentations 3 and 24. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Not just my lips, but from my heart these words come. The Lord is my portion, therefore will I hope in Him. When the more we learn about the Lord Jesus Christ being our shield, our defense, our protector, our hiding place in this old world, our portion, our inheritance, our treasure, just to say I already know that is not the right attitude, my friend. That means we're running from the reach of God. We're running from the stirring of God that wants to stir our hearts again to see the fire of God kindled again in our hearts to to want to know more than anything else the great treasures of truth all found only in Christ Jesus. Above all, taking The shield of faith. That's not me pretending that I'm putting on a shield like so many even deceived and confused and deceitful pastors all over the world teach. Just close your eyes and imagine putting on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the loin belt. Just step, raise your feet up and step into it. The silliness and the few, the confusion and the foolishness and really it's witchcraft. Really it's faith in what I'm doing instead of just simply a broken heart knowing I can't but He did. That, that He is now everything to me. I don't have to go buy a prayer shawl because my grandmother or my best friend or someone I'm in church with is going down the wrong avenue or tries to tell me that Celebrate Recovery is going to deliver me from an alcohol bondage. Jesus Christ alone is my deliverer and when I'm being pointed to by one step, two step, three steps. It's steps that God has not included in His plan of salvation or deliverance. And if we get angry about these things, we can find ourselves in Exodus chapter 32 among the the, the eleven and a half maybe tribes that said, I'm not leaving this golden calf I've built. And if we are finding ourselves mad at preachers who are presenting Christ as the truth, Christ and Him crucified alone as the truth, and the only object of faith God offers, then we're going to end up drinking, just as they did under the Old Covenant, the bitterness, the reaping of the bitter things we've built and trusted in with our own hands. I hope this session today has been a blessing to you. I hope it has been an avenue by which the Lord will take these truths spoken today and engraft them as as really a settled place in our hearts. For His Word is settled with Him in heaven, the Bible says. Forever settled. I pray it becomes settled in our own hearts. That the end of every Bible study and every worship service would not be some feeling or emotion that I felt, but I would walk away with the truth of Christ engrafted in my heart, written 
on my minds, for that is what the Holy Spirit is doing under the new covenant through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope that you would share these broadcasts with your friends, co-workers, relatives, that they might have an opportunity to hear the truth of God's Word, the, the righteous context of God's Word, so that they could be snatched out of the fire they found themselves in. Many today, most pretending. Some of those are looking for the truth. Help us publish God's Word. You can do that by simply sharing the broadcast in every group, every social media avenue that you have. I pray God give you the boldness and the confidence to do that. That there would be no place of being ashamed in you of this gospel and even this session you've heard today. You can also help us by donating at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And I thank you for all of you. Hear me. I thank you, all of you, who donate and give to the Lord by giving to this ministry that the grace of God has surely caused us to walk in a place where we are determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. I'll see you at a later time. I'm off all next week, going to youth camp with the kids, so I'll see you the week after next. Don't forget, Chris Jones will be preaching here this Sunday, and I'll be ministering at Crossway Ministries there in Greenwood, Mississippi with my good friends, Pastors Wayne and Debbie Voss. God bless you. May He make His face shine on you more than ever before. I'll see you later. But until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then. God bless you.